0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Now that you've taken on that big job, you shouldn't have to settle for the big box. You've earned a trip to Northern Tool, and we're ready for the details. We know all about the little things that make the biggest difference. Maybe that's why they call us a problem solvers paradise. From pressure washers to power tools, pallet jacks to push carts. Northern Tool and Equipment carries the brands you depend on, like Northstar, Dewalt, Milwaukee, and Strongway. We're made for this. Come see us in-store or shop online at northerntool.com. Tidings of
1: Footmas from The Foot Economist as he returns to also tell us about the recent Team of the Group stage promotion. We'll also be discussing the hotly debated Finesse Shop patch and Finesse Shots in general and what it means for FIFA gameplay going forward. We'll also be discussing how weekend league matchmaking works as well as a team of the week rundown and a review of a layered Italian pasta dish. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly Podcast on FootEd and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week 13 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. We've got a familiar lineup this week. We have, as is quite usual at the moment, Steve, the foot coach. How are we doing, Steve? I'm okay, Ben. Yeah,
2: I'm on the back of... uh recovering from quite a bad headache yesterday so uh, that's taken a bit out of me but it's certainly not going to get away today was that
1: trying to obtain parolo because that's been my headache of the week that so that far. was yeah
2: that, that was quite a tricky task um quite rewarding though which we may get on to later in the podcast yeah.
1: so we've also got foot economist back again hopefully for the whole podcast unlike uh, your podcast a few weeks ago where you suddenly disappeared on us
3: yeah excited to be
1: back and we've also got luke zimmerman from foothead who's the the big cheese of news over at
4: the foothead website Glad to be back as well. And Luke, what have you what have you been up to this past week? Yeah, the, the past weekend um, was kind of... It wasn't a major tournament, so it's not one that we were covering mm. for head but I paid attention. Obviously, saw Tex win his second straight tournament in two weekends. I think he got plenty of credit and plenty of hype. People like watching him play, obviously. He plays an exciting style, uh, and he scores plenty of the time finesses, which I think are the uh, bane of pros and non-pros alike in this year's game, uh, sort of this year's low-driven shot. But he also scores plenty of other... You know, a variety of goals, which you don't see very often from the other... Guys, he just every single mechanic in the game, whether broken or not, he knows how to break them, seemingly. And uh, it was fun watching that. Also, been a ton of content in the game. I know some folks have some gripes about Team of the Group stage, but if you're an, a collector or you're just someone that, you know, likes to. Dive into pack parties or rep SBCs. Maybe the latter hasn't been as good as it, as it has been in some recent promos, but uh, there's been plenty of new items in the game, so we've been adding those on the site. Kind of you know testing them out in game ourselves for those of us that have been uh you know still sticking into the the weekend league and division rivals grind um, mm. more so than others in our office. But yeah, it's been interesting to see all the the different. Now we have Player of the Month, all kinds of stuff been, been dropping in the last week. So not, you know, people that complain about nonstop content, I saw a tweet last Thursday. Yeah, we've had plenty in, in the five, six days since then. So, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: you, I think. think you've always got to think when, when you hear those kind of murmurings, oh, there's not much content going on. You know, there's got to be an understanding that you need the hard times to accentuate the good times. And I think that's partly what happens in those in those moments. But going back to Tex, it was really interesting seeing him dominate two tournaments, essentially. We don't do that much competitive coverage on the pod, but one of the things that I'm quite interested in is how he didn't do so well, ultimately, last year. You know, he, he wasn't at the e-world cup for example and i wonder whether he's such a high reactions high twitch incredible kind of almost fifa athlete if you like he recognizes all the the things you can exploit he recognizes very quickly and learns these very intricate moves very very quickly and can implement them but i wonder whether because of his lack of experience that's why you see the likes of Dasari winning the competition eventually because once everyone's learned all those aspects does he have enough to kind of compete when we get to crunch time and and all the other players have sort of caught up with him in some ways
4: yeah i I don't i don't know donovan as well as some of the other guys on the scenes besides just like covering him as a as an esport athlete or competitor but i he, he was you know still 16 years old coming off that breakout tournament win in barcelona and just getting all kinds of offers i mean you could see the vultures circling him at that event you know they had various publications teams aspiring teams just crowding him like that kid's head must have been spinning in the months after that and then he certainly signed a very lucrative deal to make him one of if not the highest paid fifa pro players with f2 obviously kind of a brand in their own right um, and i think the adjustment to that pressure may have taken some time um, and then just that plus this year's sort of meta or pro um exploitable aspects kind of more lending themselves to his style of play and his game uh, I think it's just been kind of a perfect storm. i don't I don't I don't think he's getting enough credit for having won two tournaments and back to back weekends with really no downtime. like that's unbelievably hard mentally. so uh, I think uh he's off to a heck of a start he can honestly probably coast and still make it to the playoff this year Mm. um we're still gonna have to see how the point system winds up working but my guess is that he could just be on neutral and not win anything else and he'll still at least make the playoff and have a good shot at fewc also
1: and just wanted to quickly say um well done to Ranners, who we had on the podcast before the first tournament and um said that he felt that tex would win the competition so he was he was not wrong and though having a look back at those two tournaments it feels like that was an obvious choice but uh, not everyone was that clear about the fact that text was going to do so well so shout out to randerson uh, one of the things that i was going to mention in conjunction with this is actually the new patch because that had the intention of nerfing something we saw as maybe too prevalent in in those pro matchups in those tournaments which was um finesse shots which Anyone who's been playing relatively competitive FIFA will know that it's one of the gripes with the game, I suppose. After quite a number of patches, we've only just really seen it start to be patched. And this patch is really only for nerfing finesse shots, which are kind of coming at an angle towards the player and an angle towards the goal. Um, You can see graphics and pitch notes and all that if you want. But I think the consensus, Steve, was that maybe... It isn't really doing enough. We're not really seeing much of a difference in terms of the day to day play of the game so far. It's something that I felt wasn't
2: noticeable when I tested it. I mean I when the patch dropped, I went in squad battles and played a game on something like amateur, one of one mm. of the very easy settings so that I could just literally fire the passes in from all angles to the striker and hit the finesses.
1: And they seem to be as, as accurate as ever. So Jamie contrary to popular belief you do actually play the game what are you thinking about finesse shots yourself I don't think we've really checked in overall how, how have you found them this year yeah well they're
3: certainly effective this year um, mm. so I think one thing is sort of interesting to I guess zoom out for a second and try and look at this patch from like the perspective of EA who are making a game for you know millions of players it's certainly the first time finesse shots are certainly very effective in the pro scene and even higher level uh, higher levels of play because of the the effectiveness of like goalkeeper movement right now, um, which I think more or less, I mean, when keep when pro players have time to like figure out that a player is going to do a finesse shot of like they've sort of worked their way, they worked them sp- some space to the top of the box. You know, I, I would say, you know, unless they fake them out and go to the other corner, it, you know, it's like eighty percent effective that they can. Um, block a finesse shot by moving their goalkeeper. Maybe even better than that. I think even at like a sort of a tier down level of play, where you're you're, you're talking like division, let's scale, call it three division rivals and ups, um, that the goalkeeper movement is very very effective. Which I think is why the first time finesse shots feel so effective. Maybe like at a casual level of play, they don't like their uh, ratio of of. Uh, being taken to going in isn't really a problem for uh, EA, or they, maybe they don't see it as a, sort of as like a bugbear for that you know that casual audience. That being said, like I think this minor nerf to these finesse shots is sort of the first step in uh, maybe a. Like a bigger, sort of more long-running plan that they have for maybe nerfing or uh, toning down the finesse meta. Maybe they're going to start um, tweaking with how effective goalkeeper movement is, or maybe they're going to make it easier for goal- like maybe they're going to make be- uh, goalkeepers react better to first-time finesse shots or something like that. Maybe to sort of quell the issues at the higher level. But I think maybe uh, this was uh, maybe not nerfed as much as it could have or should have been uh, because of you know maybe it's not as effective or uh, too overpowered, if you will, for the casual audience. Um, who maybe expect like, hey, I, I you know, this is a world class player, maybe I should be hitting this in or at least on target,
4: uh for, you know, first time. I think something of note is the these pro tournaments that they've had, especially the ones run by EA, the one last week and I believe was run by Peggle, but the major that happened last week and now there's another one this week, although Not, you know, I should point out that this week's is actually being run by a third party as well. So maybe FUT Champions Cup 2 will not be the data bearer, but I digress. Number one, they are able to get data from like the pro players and see like what those trends are and export that and and analyze it. So yeah, they're not going to instantaneously just be like, oh, all pro players do this. Let's nerf this because that would have, you know, undue impact on the majority casual audience that play the game. Um, There's just so many stakeholders that I think it's hard, but they'll, they'll still have the ability to like look at that and say, okay, for sure, our... Is goalkeeper, you know, is is goalkeeper movement as OP as pros claim because this reason or is goalkeeper movement, you know, I I actually saw on the first weekend guys giving up goals by guessing wrong. Yeah, uh, you feel like that's how it should be, right? Yeah, and you, you don't really see people complain about that. They just complain, oh, well, it's, it's it's weird to me that we live in this world where, you know, oh, time finesse is too OP, but goalkeeper movement is too OP. Well, like, are you complaining that your time finesse isn't going in every time? Like, it already seems like it is. So um, it's, it's a strange, like, kind of dichotomy to me is, like, which the, is...
3: The ones that really confuse me, and maybe you guys can explain this one to me, but the ones that really confuse me are people that say that it's shrinking the skill gap like the only thing that maybe i could understand like those two new dynamics the time finesse shot and the um the goalkeeper movement the only maybe explanation that i could understand is that you can sort of you know take your hands off the the sticks or the hands off the controller uh if you get put into a situation where you know they've worked a very strong chance and maybe into like a 1v1 maybe a 1v1 should be more of a guaranteed goal like if you are able to work that and you can bail yourself out sometimes with goalkeeper movement and maybe that shouldn't be as easy to do but um, I have a I, i'm confused as to why a lot of these pros are, are talking about it reducing skill gap
4: no it is literally a skill gap thing and it seems like many of them are complaining just solely because they can't do one or the other as well as their peers and um, you know i I don't I, i'm not gonna minimize the feedback because these guys are better at the game than I'll ever hope to be um, so certainly their feedback is very valuable and I think it's important um, i think if 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 they're that adamant that these features are broken then I think they should provide more targeted feedback on what should be changed about them because they're not going away. If anything, I think there's going to be more aspects like these because if these guys want, you know, Street Fighter 5 combos and stuff like that, well, then you're going to have to learn how to do them. You know, you can't—just because something is stopping you from getting the auto goals that you used to score in previous FIFAs doesn't necessarily inherently make it bad. And plus, like, okay, even if that is too OP, that sucks— give that feedback, but then in the meantime, master it so you can benefit from it, like the way you see some of these guys that are you know, making finals do.
1: So what I think is quite interesting about this is I personally think time finishing has been a great addition in every way. And I think actually Andy recently, AJ3 recently tweeted this, and I totally agree, that it's been a great addition and it's only really finesse shots where we're seeing this as an issue. And as a result, sort of the idea of timed finishing is getting stick, when actually timed power shots, timed headers...
4: I think are great additions it all works as it should and it's it's a really really positive thing one one of the interesting things to me is like the biggest complaint from the non-pros let's just talk about like influencers of that next level down like elite one or elite three goal one like that level one of the biggest complaints i've seen through uh the funhead social channels that i help monitor um with our team is those guys those kind of level of players like youtubers twitch streamers uh maybe guys that are like not pro good but still like they more than meet the ten thousand hour rule threshold, right? So they're really good FIFA players, I think, compared mm. to casuals. Like top three percent, top four percent skill level is they complain about finishing in the box, but like if you look at real football, Raheem Sterling has unbelievable statistics for finishing in the box, and yet he has this reputation for like missing sitters. It can't be both. Like he can't both statistically be like one of the most efficient finishers in the box and then also miss gimmies. I think there should be a skill to finishing, even right in front of the net. Like, and I know that you don't necessarily want like a newbie to pick up the game and then they miss like the you know a ball that could just dribble into the net. Like that would make them never want to play the game again. Mm-hmm. But like, especially at a higher level where players are able to defend and able to move their goalkeepers, like there should still be, a, in my opinion, and you know, and this definitely doesn't speak for fun header for everyone. This is just me personally. There should be, you know, goals are goals, right? They're they're not. There's no easy goal. Like you're doing work no matter what, and I think it's okay to make there be a little bit of skill involved in that, even if you know you don't necessarily like the the mechanic or think it should be tuned a little bit better.
1: Mm.
4: Having said that, though, this week Allison made the save at at the end of the Liverpool game,
2: and he got massive plaudits for it. He was
4: using that R three, (laughs) right?
2: Well, yeah, but you you see that save made in shall we say, every game of fever? So oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I it's that not was, quite that realistic. That was, that was a lot harder than most... For the record, I don't actually think people. that it was It was quite as good a save as people are making it out to be. I think he just had a pretty good position that well, most games. Right are you so triggered Liverpool fans? That, so, well, you know, and Andy's not here. Well, no, Andy would stick the knife in his never yeah so, Yeah, yeah, I think I definitely okay. agree, yeah. Yeah, no, overrated save, and I, I disagree. I think that um, I think you see that save in pretty much every game of FIFA that you play at some point.
1: But how do you feel like things are balanced in terms of finesse shots to one-on-ones? Actually, are one-on-ones too difficult is probably a better way of putting it, because I think we can all agree that finesse shots are too prevalent. Yeah, I,
2: I, I don't think they are, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, kind of paralleling what, what Luke is saying about the common complaints that you get, the amount of videos that I get sent to me, where people show me that they've pointed the arrow at the net and it's it's gone wide by three feet or what have you. Um, if you use timed finishing, it'll still happen occasionally, but it'll happen a lot less. Mm. And timed finishing is is such an important skill to master. Yeah, um, I saw this some it, reaction. It can, it this can be week. the difference between like you know an extra two or three wins over the weekend, league just adding timed finishing and. It's, to me, it's it's insane that people are, are avoiding using it. Yeah, adding yeah.
3: time finishing. Like Someone that doesn't use time finishing at all versus someone that, time, that uses time finishing, I think that's more of like a like five to seven game edition.
2: No, I think it's three to five, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're going to benefit from learning it. I think He's we're gonna agree on that, <laughs> can't we? Yeah.
1: You know, uh, jokes aside, I think that a lot of the blame has to go to goalkeepers for the effectiveness of time finesse shots. Yeah, they're really. flat footed at the time of the yeah, shot yeah. being. Taken. And also they should yeah. know or this player, especially if you think about a real game. If a, if a guy's just finessed in two finesse shots into the top corner, far post, then obviously the goalkeeper's gonna be way more aware of that happening. And as soon as that player moves the ball into position where they can do it, they're gonna be starting to move across. They're gonna be ready to to make the diving save into the top corner. Um I think yeah you can move the goalkeeper yourself. But you just feel like with certain finesse shots where the speed isn't even particularly quick, they should be ready to to make the save and not be caught out as they, they look like they often are, I think. It's not only that. I mean, the centre-backs would be training with the reserves for a week if, if that was
2: allowed to happen as well. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why I don't think it's a good idea to nerf the, the AI too much. It's why I think it's it's got to be maintained. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we have had this conversation before that if you look at the animation of goalkeepers, they just they don't anticipate the finesse shots at all and and that's a real problem.
4: I saw something this week and you were talking earlier about error margin of error and I think that's important to keep in mind. I I saw like a Brazilian pro criticizing the game and Tex because Tex scored this like absolutely insane impossible angle goal, but okay, one You don't see every pro score in that, contrary to popular opinion. You do see a lot of finesse goals and difficult angles that shouldn't. Um, But like that specific one, what makes it incredible is that it is very improbable. And if most players, even pro players, took that same shot in that same situation, it's not going to go in. It's either going to miss wide or go to the keeper. So the idea that because something happens once, it is a rampant problem There's, like, a weird priming bias in this community about it. Like, this should never happen. Well, I mean, you know, you see the uh, U.S. in the last World Cup, like, scored a goal from, like, the middle of the pitch. Like, just ripped it and it timed it perfectly over the keeper. Like, those happen in football. But, like, it it would be a problem if people were just shooting goals from kickoff and FIFA and it went in, like, every time. But if that happened one in, like, a million games because the goalkeeper is out of position, like— I don't know. I have less problem with the idea that something improbable can happen improbably than I do by seeing something once and then being like, This is happening every time, this is a problem, fix this. And it's like, uh eh. Although I will say that we've all been playing and we're like, we don't really feel a difference with this particular patch. Like the last one, obviously, with the way defenders reacted, that that's a big change, but this patch doesn't really feel anecdotally much different to us over mm-hmm. a small sample size. No, mm-hmm. But admittedly, like I mean, I don't do loads of tight angled time
1: finesse shots as much as top players do you know if you look at some of the goals that were scored during the tournament they were goals that i'd score every so often not continually every couple of games which they clearly are scoring so i guess we're not exploiting that as much well, part as we of the be. problem
2: as well ben I, th- I think we looked at a clip it might have been a clip of yours actually at some point is it's it's not just all about the the player taking the shot and the goalkeeper. Part of the issue with these first time finesses is that the ball's being played into the striker at pace, and the centre back is just not getting there to block the shot. Mm. And there's just you don't have it's impossible to, to take control of the centre back and close down manually. And the AI just doesn't react quickly enough, and that's that's also a massive, massive problem with the first-time
3: finesse. What do you think that's a product of? I was. Do you think that's because of player switching and how difficult it is to sort of switch exactly to your player? I mean, at least at, from my experience, I tried to pick up right-stick player switching uh, recently mm. and found it was incredibly frustrating, uh, not only to learn, but like, even when I figured out like, I, I got it down... Like, there are times where I feel like, even if I did it exactly correctly, um, that I just couldn't, like, I couldn't get to the player that I wanted. And I thought maybe if they did some sort of, if if they set up some sort of system sort of similar to Madden, where... You could, you know, like when you when you sort of hike the ball on Madden, and it's in your quarterback's hand, and you can pick out different players based on, um, you know, you can throw it to a different player based on like clicking different buttons, like X to your wide receiver, A to your to your tight end. If they did that on uh, FIFA, where you could like click some sort of modifier button, and then every time you click that, you held down that modifier button on defense, and then you clicked a, a, a different button, and maybe you could like preset this or set this up in your custom tactics, it would switch to a certain player in your team. And then, like, that way, it it would, like, sort of, you could, I guess, get around sort of the the difficulties of that right stick switching. Well, the
4: thing with Madden, though, is, like, you still, you have 11 players just, like, on FIFA, so you can't switch to every single one of them by hitting a keystroke. Like, you have to go through multiple button presses just the same there. So I think some of the same problems exist, though I don't. You know, I follow the Madden community. I play Mut. I don't follow it as closely as I do FIFA, so I don't know how much complaining there is about that. Um, NBA Two K has a system where you can like hold basically like LB or L1 and then press like Triangle, Square, Circle, X, and it goes to a specific player. But then again, that's five players, like five on five in basketball. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think
2: in in this specific circumstance, though, I don't think it's really an issue of, of player switching. It's it's more the the AI is not mimicking what actually happens in football because. If a team was in that kind of situation where there were strikers in the box, the the defenders would be what they call touch-tight. They'd they'd be within touching distance of the the players, Mm. of the attackers all the time. And it's the fact that they're not always touch-tight that allows them to, to get the shot off in the first place. And I honestly think that that is probably if not more of an issue, is certainly as big an issue as the the problems with the goalkeepers and the uh, the strikers taking the shot.
1: One of the things I wanted to bring up around that is defensive... We were talking about kind of defensive positioning and and almost centre-backs and defenders not anticipating finesse shots. I do think it might be one of those things where it really wasn't useful last year or the year before finesse shots, especially not from distance. So almost defensive AI has never needed to anticipate those type of shots until... It became effective this year, so I do think that Steve, you're probably right, and that there's a bit of a lag in terms of those things. So, hopefully, as you say, it won't just be a straight up nerf to finesse shots, but they'll look at AI
4: and look at goalkeeping.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near as simple as as, as people seem to think. There are a lot of moving parts really involved. I in I will go ahead so.
4: and I'll fall on this grenade. Let's just say that um, I would be skeptical if this stuff gets fixed to even any you know. The most vocal critics liking by before 20 i think a lot of this stuff will get fixed in fifa 20 but i agree with you steve i think it's this is bigger and broader tweaks than people you know it's not just something that you fix in two weeks
1: mm. so learn your time finesse shots i guess will be the take home uh from the first part of this podcast i think it's probably time to move on now talk about some content instead we've had the team of the group stage which was a, a pretty uh decent looking squad actually but maybe caught a few people slightly off guard jamie yeah, so I mean, it's been interesting, right?
3: And it was—it was kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny because it did come uh, the week before it it ended, you know. Apart from maybe some of the grumblings of uh, people thinking it was going to come out early uh, because they didn't, they, you know, you would have thought that maybe they didn't want to have it uh, crowd out Footmas a little bit. It, uh, it, I suppose, it did catch us off, catch us off guard. The one thing, you know, and I've and I've talked about this um, on stream and on Twitter, but it is kind of a bummer that uh, the UCL cards basically already have like you can call them like near duplicates in the game already um, because of the ucl cards or or the team the group stage cards have these duplicates in the form of the ucl cards that they dropped at the beginning of the year it's tough to get excited for um informs or uh, uh team the group stage cards that get um that are above 85 rated because that means that they're they have the exact same rating and very minimal stat changes to the uh, ucl cards that have already been in the game and have have had multiple resupplies and because of that have been very have become very cheap um so i mean the dynamic images are cool it's ba- but like it's essentially the apple logo of the fifa community if you will right like it's <laughs> uh people are paying these these premium prices for the dynamic image uh plus the you know very minor stat boosts uh when you could get just you know the android version in the form of the ucl card uh for much cheaper that basically yeah, the, the only Jackson thing is though
1: <laughs> so obviously there is a stat difference between the cars, isn't there but when you look at the top end right yeah and 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 to be fair on some of them especially the sbc ones it was actually rather
3: significant like Cruz's sbc had plus mm. two pace on his uh ucl card which was nice but you know for a lot of the times these ucl cards are quite literally uh, half the price from them or even a third of the price and like you know unless if it was a position change like that cam neymar it's it's tough for me to justify as sort of trying to be as rational as I can and spreading out my, my upgrade money that I do have uh, to buy these team-to-group the stage cards if I can just get uh, relatively, uh, like, basically the same card for, you know, a, a much cheaper for price.
4: Since I'm in the business of uh, making people mad, apparently, uh, I That's will say that, like, the target audience for these are not, you know, shrewd traders or people that aren't, you know, yep. looking to open packs, right? So I'm, I'm more of a collector and, like, yeah, I, I I understand the the value of money and the sunk costs and stuff like that, and I also understand that I'm in a unique position where like FIFA is you know pretty much my job, so I'm obviously going to spend more on the game than other people. I'm sure pros are the same way. Um, as a collector, though, you know I like packing items. I like getting fresh items, pack fresh items, and that's harder with older items. So I know that the the team the UCL ones are a little different because they come out so regularly. So that's maybe not quite apples to apples, but I don't mind so-called re-releases uh i would definitely prefer there be like you know did messi even really play right wing i thought that was like at least i know neymar sometimes psg rolls out like three cams so that's more defensible to me but like if you if you're gonna force messi into his old position just do that for other ones like who wouldn't be averse to like a right back cruise or something like that. yeah something like that or like striker striker bail <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just, like, something creative, right? Like, you don't have to, like, really go nuts. Like, you don't necessarily want, like, a center-back Alba, though maybe that would be cool, too. Mm-hmm. CDM, Koulibaly, I don't know. I mean, like, have fun with it if you're going to have, like, the same thing. Because I don't mind the one-off releases where there's, like, two similar ones. I think where it gets really silly is, like, the Griese where there's, like, I know that his, uh obviously, yeah. his dynamic one is going to get upgraded and be different. But right now there's, like, three virtually identical cards, and they're yeah, all not that different weird, from his it? base of 89, so... That's the tipping point for me. I don't mind one so-called re-release, but when it's like just three, four items Mm. exactly the same. I think it was a bit disappointing for me
1: with the Cruise SBC because there was a UCL card. And I I get what you're saying about, you know, it's fun and the novelty and all that. But the the UCL card that was released at the start of the year, it has two less pace... And it has one less on all the shooting stats.
4: But that one's the ultimate, you know, FIFA Twitter where it's like 69 pace. No, I don't want it. Like the Drake meme, 70 pace. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things, you know, and probably going to use Shadow on him or something anyway. And I I, I don't know. I found it a bit frustrating, actually, that that card was what they chose. You know, you could have chosen uh, so many other options and choosing something which essentially already out there for cheaper tradable, just felt a bit disappointing. And to an extent, it was the same um, with the other UCL, SBC, you had Laporte as well, who, well, they didn't decide to up his pace to 70. <laughs> they put it on 69. And his physical was 79 as well.
4: So he wasn't quite looking as good. And Signe, I mean, I, I don't... I've, I. I argued with you offline. Well, I guess one, I should clarify that I had unusual results in that I packed Team of the Week Werner. So obviously Cruz paid for itself, but that's not everyone's experience, certainly. But for me, like you're, it it is a premium good. Like You are spending something for an untradeable, but the pack rewards were like pretty decent. And I'm okay mm. if they balance it like that. The problem to me is that Laporte sucks and you don't get anything for it. Um, yeah, there so was no. you, to, to you, really have, to, you know. have to be like a super Laporte fan or like a huge City <laughs> fan to have any interest in doing it or just be like a naive noob, I guess. And then like the Insignia card actually looks good to me, but the rewards and the cost is just terrible. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, as like the resident contrarian, I guess, now of this podcast, and this is the third time this episode, I've just been like, let's rile people up. Every time I hear people get really mad about like if it's a decent card, even if it's overpriced. My weakness is it really makes me want to do it just to see what happens. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that's a very bad process, bad result lending thing to do. Um, whereas Cruz worked out, you know, I could done Insigne for 350k or whatever and then got nothing in the packs and just wanted to die. But it's just, yeah, I think the, the latter are more problems to me. I don't care if the card, like, isn't sexy enough. Like, I saw I Am French shitting on it and like, yeah, dude, your team is sick. Like, you are a hardcore trader and you've built this, like, nutty team. Like, it's not going to crack your team. But to me, it's like, it's more you're kind of just doing it for the, like, event's sake, right? I know that's silly. It's like a collector's thing. Um, whereas with Laporte and Insigne, it's just so much less defensible because the rewards are so bad or the card's so bad.
3: I will Ooh. say, as, again, uh, <laughs> sort of in the theme of this episode, playing devil's advocate, <laughs> I have a, I, I have a roommate uh, or, or a sort of an apartment mate, if you will, who lives across from me, who's a big city fan, or at least pretends to be. And uh, when this Laporte card got released, he texts me in all caps, like, you know, the port SBC, like, you know, oh my God, like, I, I, you know, he's very, very excited. (laughs) So I guess, and and, you know, he doesn't play FIFA like we play FIFA, not even close, right? Like he he sort of plays casually every now and then I'll be like, yo, like Jamie, what do I buy? And I, you know, give him some advice and then he manages to mess it up and um, there's, there's a. If we ever need, there's quite a few stories we can talk about with him. <laughs> he, uh, he was very excited about this SBC, right? Like he sort of immediately did it because you know he wanted. He his justification was that he wanted to link his uh, right back Lala uh, and try and get Mbappe in a team, uh, which I you know I mm. guess I get. And then he also liked Laporte. So
4: yeah, the, I think that's fan. that's actually a big blind spot in general for you know I'm not going to talk about pros because they live in their own kind of bubble, which is awesome because um, they're incredible they're so good at something that they're like in the top one percent so they don't really count but like for youtubers hardcore game like even the people that follow all of the you know four of us on this podcast or you know operations that we work for those people are not the same as the majority of FUP players so I think that's really easy to lose sight of. Like I I, have, I see this a variation of this tweet regularly. Who is this even for? Well, it's clearly not for you know the biggest YouTuber in the world on FIFA or the biggest Twitch streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that card blows, and I have no you know pretense about saying it. I think Insigne is a ripoff, and I don't mind saying that. But like I can also understand why someone maybe would want it. Like should it, should the should the rewards and should the items be like more targeted towards like the middle of that Venn diagram? Yeah, definitely. Especially sometimes when the, the selections of some of the teams are criticized. Like, there's no good meta items in this. This team is useless. Like, this team of the week is trash. Like, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So I think sometimes, like, especially for the casuals, like you mentioned, I heard that scenario. Like, I've got a friend. Uh, he's, he spends on FIFA, like, probably a couple hundred bucks a year, but not a couple thousand. He doesn't trade because he doesn't have time, and he just plays division rivals. He doesn't play Weekend League. He's never qualified for Weekend League. Like, the informs he's excited about getting are going to be a lot different from, like, the four of us is, So... I suppose the thing that
1: frustrated me was like with the cruise and stuff and it's a general point I suppose for people to take in because we do get a fair amount of people who listen to the podcast who so are relatively new to FIFA it looks very attractive it's a 91 rated card but actually if you're not someone like you Luke who has the coins to go out and you know replace him and not worry about leaving him in your club um, then it's something I wouldn't really recommend doing for most players even though it's attractive because it's a 91 rated card you at this stage in the game if you're A relatively casual player who's not going to put lots of money or 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 time trading and things like that then you kind of want to keep yourself fairly liquid because as time goes on we do get some really really interesting cards for quite cheap and i know you could say well if you're not looking to play all year then you should just slap your coins into some alexander pato flashback cards and, and things like that but nothing
4: wrong with that yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And I feel this like personal sense of guilt when I make some of those bad investments, especially when you look back in may and you're like, damn, I could have had 120,000 coins here, but Hey, like the end of the day, the game is about having fun. And if, you know, while we definitely can give feedback and, you know, those of us that are like in the game changers program can go to EA and say, Hey, this isn't good enough. Like we're seeing people say this and hopefully they can take our feedback and make it better, you know, future items and future games. Um, I still think there's something to be said where it's just like, I saw, uh, Who's like one of the most like fun, loving, happy, go lucky dudes in the whole community instantaneously did the insignia one, even though it was a terrible investment. He like ran out of coins halfway through it even, and had to sell stuff to get liquid enough to finish it. Like sometimes just like, you can just have fun, even being a little irresponsible. Like you don't have to, you know, be, uh, Jamie or run the foot market or like flare FIFA, like making 20 million coin profit. Like that's, awesome if you can do that if you have the time dedication and uh, I guess knowledge and you know discipline and intellectual ability to to lay that whole you know master plan out and execute that but like even if you aren't necessarily like the highest roller or you don't have the biggest coin stack like it's the game's about having fun and if you have fun with blowing 3 million coins on Cam Neymar even though you can get like a team of the year in 3 weeks for probably a similar coin value like just, just go for it I say yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't do let's, the team. Let's, let's of the rehash all the irresponsible things had <laughs> has endorsed on this this podcast, right? Like, like yeah.
2: Don't do them kids, even I haven't done them and if if that's not an indictment on an SBC, I don't know what it is.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I think Laporte is beyond the fray. I can I can see a case for just like being irresponsible and doing Insigne because the idea of having these two like very uh small uh, pacey strikers, like him and Mertens, inform Mertens is that sounds so much fun to me. And then you're like maybe you Oh,
1: I don't know, but you know, you're saying this and then I'm like, well, his inform is pretty much the same card. And <laughs> if you can if you can, if you can get
4: me a pack fresh striker and say, hey, I'll go buy it right now, but you can't give me that.
1: So <laughs> all I, all I'm anticipating is someone's going to send me their squad being like, "How can I improve this?" my midfield isn't doing it for me and Cruz is going to be in there and i are going to be like well you know if you hadn't done that 91 Cruz, you bought the tradable at the time you would have had 100k to spend on Kondogarenko oh, yeah. <laughs> for,
4: for a second for a second there I thought you were going to be like how can I improve my team and they were going to have like the 90 striker Insigne being at CM or something like that and, like a 4-2-1-2 <laughs> I've definitely been uh, sent stranger things via Twitter DM uh,
1: it has to be said we're probably ready to have a little bit of a break Up next, we've got Footmas, Team of the Week, and a question about how weekend league form works. We'll see you in just a few moments, listeners. So listeners, I know you don't want a lot for Christmas but to thank you for what has been an amazing Foot Weekly year, I've been on the hunt for something to get you for Christmas. Obviously I wanted to send you all something individually but you know with the pod running at loss and all that probably wouldn't have worked. So what I did do was persuade the amazing art of football to give me two of their prints to give away. We'll send you your choice of any of their incredible illustrations. They've got messy breaking Bertang's ankles, Stevie FA Cup winning goal versus West Ham, legendary kit collages, player portraits from R9 to totti and much more it's all amazing stuff just have a browse it's worth a procrastinate at the very least there's no vincent abubakar yet though um, but i have written to santa and i've been a very good boy this year so fingers crossed to be in with a chance of winning all you have to do is email footweekly at mail.com with art of football in the subject line and you'll be entered automatically keep an eye out for the other one which we'll be giving away on our twitter at footweekly pod that's not it though because i can hear you say There can only be two winners. What about the thousands of other listeners who miss out? Well, fear not, you can browse their incredible t shirts, sweatshirts, prints, and when you've found something you like, which you no doubt will, just use the code FOOTPOD for 15% off. That's FOOTPOD, all one word, for 15% off exclusively for Foot Weekly listeners. And if you're short of a Christmas present, then that is the place to go. Right, Merry Christmas, and let's get into Footmas. So Jamie, it's been quite a long first half, so I'll spare the break formalities. Let's get straight into it. Do you think EA could spice things up for Footmas this year?
3: You know, I think it's good. They, they're sort of playing with fire if they do change it up, um, because at least, well, playing with fire in the sense that they might get the you know the FIFA community riled up a bit because it is such a uh, an event that's held up as a sacred uh, kind of uh, some you know some of the best content that they put out all year. You know, honestly. I if there was no leak, I, I you know they could put out the exact same event as last year, uh, and if, if they subtracted away the leak, then I think people would be ecstatic with it. And I also think you know, just as a quick plug for you know the market people, if they if there isn't a leak, I think the market is going to take it on the chin, like and then really start to drop because I think there's going to be this sort of fear of missing out, this FOMO, uh, where mm. if they Which release you saw in the SPC- first year of it, yeah, yeah, right. Because if you if you don't know what's coming, right, you don't know what's coming next. You know, say they are, say, you know, with this team of the week, the, you know, Rashford got snubbed. So we'll use him as an example, because I think because of him maybe getting snubbed, maybe there's some sort of tinfoil hat theory that he's going to get a footmas card. So if Rashford maybe gets like a striker or footmas card or something like that. But you also see that later in the promotion because, you know, X website has leaked it. That you know another striker from the Premier League, maybe Jesus or something like that, is also going to get a footmas card. Then, well, you're not going to do that at Rashford card because why would you? Because you just you're waiting for that you know the Jesus card. But then when Jesus comes out, because everyone's waiting to do it because he's better than Rashford, his requirements are way too expensive, and then you don't end up doing anything, right? But like with if they didn't leak it, then you would always want to complete the SBC on the day of, um, and I think the market would uh, get get really crushed by that because people would put their coins and be like a you know the the, the ultimate coin sucking SBCs, if you will.
4: Two years ago it was really fun, and I think it, a big part of it was because of the like unpredictability of what was coming. And like right. some days, some days you got one killer SBC, but it was like insanely expensive. And then like one decent, and then one you know for fans of that player or club or nationality only. Um, Then last year, obviously, like you said, uh, the the leak took a lot of air out of the tire, I think, at least in terms of the hype in the kind of hardcore community, like the traders, the, you know, fighted commenters, the people that like really eat, sleep and breathe FIFA uh, influencers and stuff like that. But I think like they started pivoting and like making some changes and it's just, I think it was so hard for them to like pivot on a, turn on a dime that it just wasn't as fun as the year before. So I agree. Like, Do not make any social graphics with like every single SBC and do not give them to people that are prone to giving them to, you know, the kind of people that would profit from those. And I think we should be okay. (laughs) Uh, I tried to be as diplomatic as possible in saying that, but just like that, that graphic cannot exist. Right. Like, or if you, if it does exist, release it the very last day or something like that. I don't know. But if they're, if they're, if they're able to keep the, this under wraps, uh, I think it could be really fun. Even if, you know, only ten percent of the SPCs are like super desirable uh, in the meta or something like that.
1: Well, am I right in thinking that we didn't see leaks for these UCL items, Jamie? Um, that came out these SPCs. Yeah, I mean, I I knew Cruz was coming out about two hours early. The, but yeah, uh, but, but that's, Luke is that's right. fine. Like that doesn't matter. It's, it's more the fact that you might have knowledge of SBCs coming out days before, right. so that therefore people don't. Right. And it's not like you
3: know X Twitter account's gonna. I mean, there are some that sort of make their living off that, but like. Well, living as in, you know, just attention. But the the, <laughs> yeah. um, the I think it would be more sort of, you know, worth it uh, in terms of, like, the backlash that they would get if they knew about Footmas way ahead of time. You know what I mean? Like, if they just knew, like, a couple hours before, I mean, maybe they'd be less inclined to tweet out about it. I don't know. it who knows? I, I'm not in their heads. I, I, really don't. I don't, I don't get it. I will say that if a certain account leaks it again, I, I'm genuinely think I might block them, uh, at least for temporarily, because like it would just be so frustrating to me that at least the community that we engage in regularly, that it would really dampen this event, and you know, to sort of selfishly work for clicks and likes just to get with the sort of effect of quote-unquote ruining it for other people, I think is really selfish um, and mm. uh, would be yeah. would be a bummer.
1: Yeah, and I think it was really frustrating last year to see all those SPCs ahead of time, and fingers crossed that won't be the case this year, um, and it will be a much better promotion for that. Hopefully we see uh, another Christmas Carol, who I know, Steve, you enjoyed last year.
2: Yeah, it was fun. I think you're hoping for a, um, what was it? You want a Santy Cazorla or something? Yeah, you? considering the <laughs> Christmas theme. Santy Claus.
1: Yeah. One of the things I was also saying is, uh, we've not in the game, so it obviously wouldn't work. But uh, Di Natale, which is, I'm pretty sure Italians can correct me, Christmas in Italian. So
4: Antonio Di Natale would have been a great a great. I, guy.
2: I, I disagree. I think it means birth. Christmas is the birth of Jesus.
4: Well, yeah, but it's. Yeah, no. Gabriel Jesus, Miss SBC confirmed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Di Natale and Jesus.
3: Yeah, i am roll with that. You, you've got nativity there. Yeah, yeah. One, um, one m- more thing about the leaks before we move on. Um, I really want to. it them. go, Jamie? i i I really want them to release a fake leak to like some of the social channels like i would not be like upset if they did that maybe i would like take the bait as well but i would
1: i would seriously love it if they did that (laughs) one thing that would just be loads more work for them would be to just start producing fake leaks in order to mess things up for i was uh, of the impression
4: that's what that baby sbc stuff was all about because Mm. Um, I asked EA off the record um, in advance and was told that that was not coming. So then to see people claiming my sources say this flies directly in line with people that I spoke with that would be in a position to know, right? They're um, not going to tell you that they're baiting people with <laughs> No, exactly. Well, yeah, certainly. I'd hope not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah. I, maybe not. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. Like Jamie mentioned it. I think sometimes folks, which they may be well-intentioned, do and produce some so-called reporting because they get the attention and they get, you know, the clout mm. or it, blew, it boosts their following. Um, but at the same time, if you're wrong enough, then that you start to lose credibility. To me, like you can't go out on a limb and say something if you don't have multiple sources or you don't have like a really bulletproof solid for primary source. Um, and, you know, of course, like people that do it regularly well can sometimes get it wrong. But, um, mm. yeah, no, no, agree. Okay.
1: Why don't we? do a quick question before we move on to team of the week um this gentleman who's i think called chris but his name on twitter is Cal, says hi ben big fan of the pod it's always good to know um just wanted to pick your brains about how you play your foot champs games i had to play 24 games yesterday and by maybe the 15th game i was a bit burnt out my record was 17 to 3 so he's 17 wins three losses at one point but he finished 19 to 11 so obviously in those next 10 games He's won two, but he's lost eight, if that makes sense. So he spoke to the people he played at the end and they said they were sort of 26 and one or 24 and three. And he was asking, is he just really unlucky to come up against players who are doing that well? He's listened to the pod and thanks us for our input on the syst- how the system works. But he's just wondering
4: whether that is really unlucky or if he was plus 15 um which is the cap you know whether that's 15 and 0 or 29 and 0 it's registered the same so that is you know that's you know you can debate till the cows come home whether or not that is fair um the thing is though with so many you know hundreds of thousands of weekend league players like that's not very common um but so you know those the 30 and 0s are going to play 30 people so um yeah it's you know if you've if you've won plus fifteen and then you know that person is also plus fifteen, it's possible. And then there's still like a couple game margin of error beyond that. It was my understanding of how form and weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. Worked, because so. also, I guess if you think that um, early on in the weekend league, he may have lost the games, and then he's built up his form through adding wins to it he could have actually reached plus 15 or even if he's near plus 15 15 is the cap so your pro
4: players right so if he's plus 12 plus 13 he gets plus 15 the game views that as fair whether or not that yeah although
1: he did say he played those players at 26 and 1 in the last few games so um which suggests he did lose some before playing that player but you've got to bear in mind also the time that you're playing the connection matchmaking is not binary i suppose is that you know there are other factors involved they don't want players waiting around for ages for games which is a debate i've seen in a few places potentially you know should there be an option of waiting longer for uh, matchups to get
4: a more accurate sort of connection or or better connection um rather than there's still a cap though like you can i i don't you know ea for obvious reasons so people don't gamify it will not disclose what that is Hmm. so we don't you know know that on or off the record for a fact but um i think that you know, you should expect there to be like a little oscillation. It does. I I definitely that sucks. Like <laughs> I've played really good players too, and uh, you know, especially when I'm in the midst of like a good or bad run, and it it sucks. Like playing a super team with like a borderline pro getting yeah, yeah. dunked on. But um, I at least in most of the examples that I've seen, there's there's a, there's a logical explanation. It's not just like shenanigans or mm. you know, EA hating you or anything like that. So. And quickly to end that, if you
1: want to send in your questions at Foot Pod on Twitter or footweekly at mail.com via email. Right, so Team of the Week. Quite a good team, I'd say. I mean, there's some interesting players in there. Steve, anyone catch your yeah, eye? Yeah,
2: quite a few. I like Ghoulam. Um, I think he's a cheaper alternative for people who can't quite afford Sandro. I think it's just because you're obsessed with
1: Napoli tactics under Sarri last year, right?
2: there, there is a bit of a hangover of that from last year, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was a big fan of uh, of Napoli last season. But yeah, he's, he's a solid card, stick a shadow on him. And as I say, he's a viable alternative for people who perhaps can't afford the uh, the more expensive left-backs in in A. There's obviously the Kantes, um Salah. They're going to attract a lot of interest. Um, I'm sure that Jamie will be able to tell us all about the best time to buy those. Um, but a few, a few under the radar ones as well. Delaney is a great. I, I've used his um, his Champions League card in my Bundesliga
1: squad. Yeah, um, he looks he, a really good card actually. I think just very well rounded. Do you imagine another inform potentially? His Hullet gang? definitely a sort of an 84 rated as well, which would be really nice. And I think Dembele looks like someone that could cause a few problems like he's one of those players that has scored annoyingly good goals against me when you don't really expect to I think it's also
2: significant that he's on the left wing as well in this team of the week
1: yeah yeah nice position change and Bruno Fernandes someone I used very early on in the game but always really impressed me um, how how kind of consistent he was with his shooting and how kind of solid he is as a presence of his he's got good size and in the break Jamie forgot to mention this uh, when I asked him what he was up to in the break. But uh, he did actually pack <laughs> Bruno Fernandez. I did. <laughs> um, yeah. How how uh, how are you finding this team of the week from sort of a more investing perspective? Uh, from an investing perspective, it's actually
3: it's it's a pretty good one. Uh, once again, I mean, you know, with Footmas coming up, the the thing that you're really going to be concentrating on are you know those discard informs, especially the discard informs from top nine nations, because that is generally where they seem to be focusing. Um, and I mean, last year I think it was 26 out of the 30 teams required at least one inform, and then um, I think it was it ended up being like 16 or maybe even 17 of the 30 required uh, either Brazil, France, England, or Germany. Um, so you know, you're looking at guys like Torre, um and, and Sydney, if that's how you pronounce that guy's name, uh, and, and Charles. I mean, they're all uh, good looks for. Uh, investing in uh, Discord Informs. And what's nice and sort of interesting is that the Discord Informs have most frequently, uh, well, not frequently, but uh, in the the past three weeks have reached their lowest prices on Thursday during rewards, which is sort of contrary to what, you know, you would have uh, sort of the muscle memory, if you will, of the market. Usually Discord Informs like that reach their cheapest on, like, Sunday, Monday, and, you know, even the um, you know some of the higher end meta players like you know the likes of Salah and Kanté um, even Cancelo in this week uh, would have reached their highest prices last year on Sunday, Monday. Whereas this year, if you are quick enough, um, you know maybe you have a good enough connection or your fingers are fleet enough, then you would be able to snipe them or get them on bid when people are, um, you know, sort of uh, when people open up their rewards 8 a.m. in the UK and when most of the United States is sleeping, they open up their rewards. They're on the way to work. They just lift them up on the market. Um, there's no one really on the market to actually be buying them. There, there's just mm. not many people actually on to, to you know sort of mop up that supply. So you'll see that some of the meta cards actually get very very cheap
1: um, during that period. Anyway, Do you exactly think Donnarumma
2: is a good investment, Jamie?
1: Um, wait, hold on, hold on a sec. Enough. Wait, 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 Steve. Which Donnarumma are you talking about, though? Well, <laughs> you've
2: you've kind of closed me off there, Ben, because I was going to let Jamie answer the question, and then regardless of which one he picks,
1: I know the other Donnarumma. Uh, <laughs> so uh, oh, uh, I was literally, as you said that, just quickly sort of checking whether Donnarumma had a brother and whether it was him. Does <laughs> anyone know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They look kind th- of similar. I guess. I think maybe. he has another. I think he has a brother who plays football but I actually think he might be a goalkeeper and is also at Milan or something strange like that. But Way to throw Jamie under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) I've already saved Jamie from being thrown under the bus. (laughs) Yeah you say that but I mean actually both of them are actually
3: pretty good investments regardless of whether or not they're related. Um, Mm. I mean it does depend on how cheap the goalkeeper Donnarumma gets because I know there is a, a decent amount of hype around him being a young player and maybe some people uh, would want to go buy him just to try him out because he's got some physical attributes that are rather exciting plus those 89 reactions, which I think is something that's pretty important this year for goalkeepers. Although I will say, I mean, I don't think he's going to replace Chesney as the meta Serial goalkeeper, but definitely
1: someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's an interesting team. I think there's plenty of interesting options in there overall and it's it's the kind of team where, you know, if you're getting reds, there's going to be a few interesting ones hopefully that pop up um, which is always quite nice i think so that's the team of the week and on that jamie has run his course <laughs> this week um no, he's actually got a dash off but jamie thanks very much for joining us and uh, we look forward to having you again soon yeah thanks for having me and uh, hopefully next week yeah we'll see whether your wishes for footmas have uh, come true <laughs> would be great <laughs> <laughs> bye guys all right see you soon so quickly wanted to talk about now jamie's gone how bad his trading advice is <laughs> yeah it's terrible don't do not do anything that I mean, Jamie I mean, advises ever just I mean we have him on but it's just to human him really uh, yeah. no but seriously he 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 streams on Twitch quite regularly now so do go give him a follow um, I think it's just twitch.tv slash foot economist you, you're still here Jamie aren't you I
3: am here believe it or
1: not yeah I yeah. <laughs> 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 alright I'm actually going to get going guys see you. good to have you so what we're actually going to talk about is a little bit of reviews but we want to combine them with talking about what i found the toughest objective in FIFA history the Parolo <laughs> objective has been um, an absolute nightmare but Steve for some reason probably because you're in a lower division <laughs> you actually got in quite quickly right? Yeah I got
2: relegated to division 10 specifically to do this objective <laughs> um, I'd recommend that as a strategy for anyone I, no I didn't I um, I did it with Simone Zaza I did it with my regular squad and just sort of subbed him on when I was leading by one goal and accomplished it that way fairly quickly um, nice card really nice card uh, comparable in a lot of ways to Rajan Anglin. I've found mm. he's um, but taller I guess bigger, bigger presence taller as well which is obviously a, the big advantage in terms of having that big grab range for a CDM that, that you need mm. work rates are the same high high so he's very busy he's he's not the type of card that's going to win you a game directly but mm. he's going to be great at breaking up opposition attacks and distributing the ball so great recycler and you'll get a lot of gold as a result of having parolo back there basically winning your possession and starting your attacks so yeah i'm a big
4: fan and so luke did you give this a go at all i no, i didn't even remotely try um i did the the last one that involved winning games and i had taken that weekend league off and then i basically had to play the time. yeah i basically had to wind up playing like as many games as I normally do in a weekend league to get it. So I just decided that this <laughs> yeah. wasn't remotely worth it. He wouldn't make my team anyway. I mean, not like that's some humble brag stuff or anything, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a fit. I don't think so. It looked interesting if it was like maybe five wins, I might've sucked it up and done it, especially cause I didn't play weekend league this past weekend. Uh, I was just pretty busy, but uh, nah, it's unfortunately uh, just uh, if I tried now, it would be a, a nightmare hellscape mad dash. So I think there are the makings of of a pretty good Italian novelty team there, though, because
2: uh, obviously you could link in with with your new favourite player. Mm,
1: Yeah, you could. Well, actually, I was going to say I have Red Bellotti and also have a few other Serie A untradable set. It was kind of a novelty fitness squad, if you can call it that, although realistically not been using it for fitness much because you just get spanked if you use something any worse than your normal team because the quality of my normal team is in some ways part of my success in getting to that level of I guess skill rating or whatever so as soon as I've started using this slightly weakened team where instead of having Neymar and Salah up front I've got uh, Belotti and Lasagna it's a slightly different kind of level of difficulty I suppose um, would be the right word again this doesn't happen in division 10 (laughs) (laughs) I need to I need to push for division 10 if any does Division Ten
2: actually exist? If there are any listeners who can actually provide evidence. documentary pictorial evidence that they are in Division Ten and Division Ten does exist, can they tweet it to us? Yeah, players?
1: it's uh, it's definitely the best place to complete this objective because my God, this is it's been a struggle, and I have dropped I think two hundred skill ratings trying to complete it. I think I was at a point where I'd only done it, done one of the eight Italian goals in Division Rivals wins. At all, and I'd scored something like fifteen goals with Italian players somehow, and still not managed it. It's a pretty tough objective. Like we we mentioned this briefly before, because you do if you think theoretically, if you're in the right place, you should be getting essentially one draw, one win, one loss. You'd have to play sixteen, I guess twenty four games, wouldn't you, um, to complete this? And that's not including the fact that sometimes you might not actually manage to score with an Italian player. So it's quite a time intensive objective, and. I brought in lasagna in the hope that this particularly tasty card could uh, make things, oh. <laughs> make things a little bit oh. easier. But the truth was um, he couldn't pastor. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> oh <my God.
4: laughs> and
1: that's the end Joy. of the podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. No, no, he, he was, uh, he's, he's not been great. Let's be honest. He does have really poor passing and um, I joke, but he, that generally for the first couple of games when i had him on i think marksman everyone knows my favorite chem style etc etc 71 short passing just was completely unusable basically and i had to put engine on him so that obviously affected his strength and shooting but actually he's been a fairly all right player he's got three star weak foot but he has got four star skills he's got good work rates um he actually does feel quite nice on the ball considering he's a tall player who's actually really strong in the air, I scored quite a few headers, which is actually quite rare for me. I guess Bellotti and lasagna in the middle, you know you might as well put it in the mixer um, and see what happens. It was He's not a bad card like if considering he's only three foot swap items, I think if you've got three remaining or you're kind of thinking, I might as well use these for something, then I think he's a decent option. Maybe give him a go. Most of my opponents seem to have just bought Zola, which in hindsight probably would have been a hell of a lot easier um, than what I was trying to do. I've play. actually used him as well, Ben. I don't know if you'd agree
2: with this, but he's to me he felt like a kind of Peter Crouch with various weird
1: attribute cards applied. I know what you mean. He's not as smooth a dribbler as you'd expect, but sometimes he'd do some mm. dribbling and you were like, wow, that was actually quite good. Does that make sense? So he'd just yeah. beat someone and I'd be like, oh, I didn't really expect that and you'd do a skill with him, and it wouldn't really quite work, but you'd still beat a player. He doesn't feel quite right. like He's just learning to... A freaky, freaky unrealistic Peter Crouch. He's got the same build as well, I think. So that is the, I guess, uh, one end of the foot spectrum with... um not particularly great foot swap items and grinding for a parola you probably won't even use but luke on the other hand uh you got anyone you used over the past week which uh, is maybe at the <laughs> other end of the foot
4: yeah this guy that is uh you you might see him on twitter i think his username is the prone bear and his name is dan um i think he's a mod for castro maybe um good dude Like you know in a, in a scene where there's a lot of negativity and uh frustration mm. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of, of of guys that like raise the bar and and just are you know whether they they get what they want in packs whether they you know are into a promo or not they always keep it 100 and are just positive. Um, anyway, he's been adamant that we're going to pack Neymar because uh, Dan, the foothead co-founder, and I always have just had such crazy pack luck. Uh, did not pack Neymar, um, so I went ahead and just sold some of the items that I did pack. I did pack uh, like a Hummels and a Koulibaly, and so sold some of that stuff. And I just Took the super L of spending three million coins on a non-icon in uh, Neymar. Um, I, I I haven't I know I haven't used I haven't really played enough games to um, be an expert with them. And I've been playing them in kind of like a, I was mentioning this off off air, kind of like a multiple sort of almost like a deep-lying striker, like almost like a center-forward type role. But he he feels like Neymar, you know, five-five, elite passer, pacey. Good scorer. I know his in-game rating, I believe, for a striker, even with this 94 cam, is very low. It's like 87 or 88. He's definitely much better than that. I mean, uh, I, I have him paired with... Um Nero just Mbappe is not in form and just like they, those two are just ridiculous if you've played with them um, so he he is Neymar as advertised I don't I didn't feel like I, I, I got a lone version of the, the first in form I think or the left the left forward ones is that second in form I can't remember um, and they, they feel basically the same it's just about chemistry and about um, I guess having that luxury automobile like you drive off the lot you're going to lose all the value but damn doesn't it look pretty like when people see you driving and you're like Maserati or whatever so <laughs> i i've man somehow this podcast has has framed me as like a contrarian troll and also like a big high spender baller i do spend i do open packs but <laughs> i'm not as bougie as this like i don't have like a pros team i don't have you know full icon team or anything like that
1: um i mean you're using regular and i know so right absolutely. uh like, i use not
4: informed sergio oh. ramos also um but yeah no it's my I god know, not even the use I, of the you can not definitely call me a brokey, but no i uh neymar i mean it's 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 neymar and um well you know he's going to get a team of the year so it's just like is it worth selling to get a slightly better player at seven or eight cam than at uh you know 10 i guess that's that's going to be my internal monologue for the next month i've already lost coins i mean he's gone down like 50k since i bought him so with tax that's even more we we shall see um there are many things to love about luke but Towards the top of the list is the fact that you
2: could say to him that he's got more coins than cents, and it would barely even be an <laughs> insult.
4: I, I seriously do not have, like, you know, Prime, Hullet, Prime, Vieira. I don't have, like, Gorilla or any of those dudes' teams. I do, you know, I I, I do like to to indulge from time to time. Um, If you want to talk about another indulgence, because I'm sure his uh, UCL version is much cheaper, the team of the group stage, Jordi Alba. I was actually, I think, arguing with Ben about who the left back in the game was, and I thought it was probably Marcelo. I didn't... I liked Marcelo, even though with his work rates being a little suspect more than I liked the non-informed Jordi Alba, but I packed the team of the group stage Jordi Alba amidst my like mad spending spree to chase Neymar um and I I thought Alba was incredible nice. I, I think he is the new gold standard and I wouldn't be surprised to see him at uh, pro tournaments um just going forward
1: and um, why of course uh, is that perhaps well if you listened last week you'll have heard our Spiel on work rates and why they are very important and can't be solved just by sticking instructions on them. Um, so it's a good little plug to end this week's podcast. I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back too much and Steve as well, but it was very interesting because I do think where well, you've got someone like Jordi Albert and someone like Marcelo. So do you mind, Luke, sticking it in the article on first? Yeah, we'll and
4: make sure in it. the the post on Foothead that Ben and I put together each week um, that has a link back to that. Uh, I, I, you know, I helped write the article last week and just sort of like sped through everything. So I actually haven't listened to that. Is it? as much depth as I need to either so second we get done recording this episode tonight I'm going to go ahead and, and fire that up too because um, I think work rates I've long been a disciple of them I think that they do have a big impact sometimes as big as stats and the more info you have on that front hopefully we get some pitch note stuff on this kind of uh, I know yeah some yeah, of the I game agree. changers have really been knocking the door with EA which I think is positive to to get some transparency on stats and stuff like that too so hopefully we get more insight into how those work in the future as well mm-hmm Definitely, yeah. And
1: I think on that note, we're probably ready to end this week's podcast. So, Luke, again, thanks very much for joining us. Always
4: a a pleasure to be back. Need to do it more often.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Steve, of course, thanks for joining us yet again. Always a
2: pleasure, never a chore.
1: As they say, yes. And thank you, listeners, for joining us this week. As always, if you don't subscribe already, please do. You can do that via all the usual podcast platforms. Just search Foot Weekly on any of those. And also, don't forget to enter our competition for two fantastic art of football prints of your choice email footweekly at mail.com with the subject line art of football to enter and to win the other one go to our twitter and finally you also get 15 percent off using the code footpod on the art of football website before the 31st of december see you next time a quick note that male suicide is the biggest killer of and under the age of 50. So if you're finding things tough, do not hesitate to talk to thecalmzone.net. They're there to offer help and support when you need it.